So I know that investing in things like Forex, crypto, and NFTs are very trendy and very sexy right now. But before we even get to investing in more volatile currencies, we got to make sure that our financial foundation is solid first. But what do I know? Well, let's be honest, there's some industries Mm y'all are enjoying. They're not compensating (laughs) you accordingly. Like. So yeah. I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, and one more point too. I mm-hmm. like, just as I'm, I'm talking, I'm thinking. I know so many people who they don't want to take the McDonald's job or the right. whatever job, and and thug it out right now mm-hmm. for the the bigger picture or the the better picture. And sometimes you have to do it. My my dad always says you gotta you know do what you need to do so you can do what you want to do. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome everyone to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. We're back on another Wednesday and um, we're feeling good. I'm feeling a little more rested this week than last week. I feel like last week I had a lot going on, but this week, as soon as this episode goes out, once you all are listening to this, just know that I am probably taking a nap. I'm resting and I'm unwinding and I'm looking forward to the weekend. (laughs) Uh, But yes, before we go any further, if this is your first time tuning in and listening to this podcast, thank you for stopping by and choosing to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's definitely going to be a very informative and dope one. Please make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform it is that you used to listen to this podcast, especially if that is either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It just lets the algorithms know, you know, hey, We like this podcast, push it to other people so that the listenership can continue to grow. So thank you so much for doing that. And, you know, if you're already in the know, you've already been listening to this podcast, you're an OG, you've been rocking with us. Thank you so, so, so much. You are definitely appreciated. And I'm definitely working on more community type formats for us to feel a little bit closer and more connected. I'm thinking newsletters. I'm thinking maybe some sort of a closed podcast community come next year. So be on the lookout, but I'll definitely be sort of carving out a way for us to feel a little bit more connected. In addition, if you follow us on Instagram at BWDIK podcast, you know that you can now check out either full main segments or clips of our main segments on YouTube now. As long as, you know, the tech lets us do what we need to do, as long as the visuals are right, the audio is right, we have no issues, you'll be able to watch our main segment conversations now and you'll be able to have some visuals for that as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into our current segment for this episode. All 
right, so for our clue segment for this episode, we're going to start off with some political ongoings here in the province of Ontario. If you are a listener based in the province of Ontario, you've probably whew, been privy to a lot of the nonsense that has been going on the past, I want to say, week or so. Strikes, protesting, just a lot of stuff. And I've tried my best to follow the story as best as I can. So I'm going to do a summary for you all to sort of, you know, Get you up to date on what's been going on with regards to these these uh, education support worker strikes, labor movements, and so on. So here we go. So on Tuesday, November 3rd, <laughs> a bill that was proposed by Doug Ford and the Conservative Party, which he leads, um, sort of received royal assent, which essentially means that this piece of legislature essentially received power, which means that it sort of came into effect. Uh, this piece of legislature is known as Bill 28, uh, Keep Students in the Classroom Act, I believe is the full name. And um, essentially what this bill did is it made it illegal for about 55,000 education support workers who are represented by CUPE, which is known as the Canadian Union of Public Employees. It made it illegal for these 55,000 workers to strike. And in addition, it also imposed a contract on them as well. The very interesting part about all this is this was taking place while the Ontario government and QP, the Canadian Union for Public Employees, were sort of at the table negotiating things and they failed to reach a deal. And that's when this bill was sort of announced, received royal assent, made into a, an effective legislature. So you failed to reach a deal. With the union, right? You're, the government is bargaining with this union, QP. They fail to reach a deal when it comes to fair working conditions, fair wages. Um, and I know I had seen articles and Instagram posts with the figure 39K being passed around because this was sort of noted as the average amount that an education support worker is making $39,000 a year. Which if you live in Canada, if you live specifically in the province of Ontario, you know that that is that's very difficult to live off of, especially in the year 2022 when we're talking the cost of living, inflation and so on. So this was also a big part of the bargaining. So you fail to reach a deal with the union. You then impose this legislature, bring it into effect. And then on top of that, you include a clause in this bill that allows this to override the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedom, which is like the Bible in this country when it comes to our rights and our freedom and what we can do, what we can't do. Honestly, I was reading the, the articles. I was refreshing my Twitter feed, keeping an eye out on CB24. And I was like, this government is really doing this right now? Really? So regardless, these education support workers... They started protesting last week, Friday. They're still protesting at the time that I'm recording this podcast. A province-wide labor movement and protest was actually scheduled for November 14th, which would be next week, Monday. But the situation is so fluid that just before I sat down to record this on Monday evening, <laughs> our premier buckled. Men trembled under the pressure and announced that he would cancel Bill 28 for now. And so those strikes have been called off and the Ontario government and QP are going to go back to the negotiation table and, um, and, and speak and try to come to some sort of an agreement and reach a new deal. But for now, the strikes are off. I'm still going to be paying attention to the situation. If something goes differently and we got to talk about our next episode, we will. But I just thought I would 
provide a sort of summary for for what's been going on. I was honestly getting ready to to come on here and offer some sort of like tips for parents and ways in which you can support parents who are have to stay home with their kids. I was talking to a fellow podcaster, um, shout out to Michelle of the Shot of Melanin podcast. You should check it out. And she's also a mother. And I was saying like, hey, like, how can we support you this time? I want to be able to share this with my audience. And before I could even get my notes together, it was like, mm, no, Doug Ford crumbled. Strike is over. He's going to cancel Bill 28. We're going to go back to negotiate. And I said, OK, look at God. So <laughs> we're going to keep an eye on that and that piece of news and we'll see how this goes. But I'm really hoping that this bill is absolutely done with and that a new, new, really, really, really good deal is reached with this union because 39K is just unacceptable for people to be trying to live off of in the year 2022 in Ontario. Like that is not acceptable. So we'll see how this goes. All right. Next on our list for you all to clue into for this episode, Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever is being released in movie theaters this Friday, November 11th. I'm excited. One of my good friends has gotten us tickets to watch it on Saturday, so I will definitely be giving you all a little bit of a review in the next episode. Um, The trailer had me hyped. I shed a little bit of a tear. And Rihanna's contributing song, Lift Me Up, I believe it was called. Just, I feel like I'm definitely going to leave this theater crying. I know they're going to sort of include a tribute to Chadwick as well. And so... I'm looking forward to where the story goes from the first movie and I'm excited. So I'll let you know how that goes and what I think of the movie in our next episode. All right. And finally, I do have a song of the week for you all this week. Our favorite trap jazz uncle Masego is back, not with a full project, unfortunately, but he is back with a single and it's called Say You Want Me. And he has said that it's inspired by a jazz subgenre that stems from South Africa. Um, definitely some Afrofusion inspired melodies in the song as well, but it's a vibe. I wish you'd release it in summer because this could have definitely gone at the day parties, but I'll still rock to it at home in the fall. It's fine. It's cool. Uh, music from Masego is always welcome. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into this. This is Masego's All right, now this song is an absolute, absolute jam. So y'all make sure you go check out Masego's Say You Want Me. It's available on all streaming platforms. So that's Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your music. I bet you it's available on that platform. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into our main segment for this episode. I didn't even plan this, but November is Financial Literacy Month and I had already scheduled two financial related conversations to have and to share with you all. So look at God, divine timing. <laughs> but I'm excited for us to get into this, you know, with all the talks about recession, our finances, cost of living. I figured we'll revisit our financial discussions and push it a little bit forward. So let's go ahead and get into our main segment for this episode. 
right, so for our main segment for today, we are getting back into our financial bag. We took a little break for, you know, for the summer and the beginning of fall talking about different topics, but we're getting back into it because, um, you know, predictions of a recession, there are, you know, concerns about financial situation, inflation. So I figured this would be a good time to sort of like revisit um, our financial conversations. And so, you know, to have to have this conversation with me, I am joined by none other than one of our favorite financial advisors, Shay Myers. And Shay is a licensed financial advisor um, and mentor as well as educator. And she's also the founder and CEO of the brand and business finance for the culture. So Shay, welcome back to the podcast. Always happy to have you. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to be here. Of course, love what you are doing. Congrats on the nominations, by the way. Yeah. Now we have to celebrate. Amazing, amazing job. Um, keep it up. Oh, love thank you. to see oh. it. You know, diversity is super important, and also just candid, authentic, spontaneous conversation. That's about things that we need to talk about is like you're doing very very well very well honestly thank you so much <laughs> you're like, i'm blushing <laughs> i'm like thank you like from shay this means a lot <laughs> um all right shay so we're gonna get into it um let's start off with your journey you know for a new listener shay has actually been on the podcast before she was on season two, episode 15, where we talked all about like, you know, prepping ourselves financially for the holidays, curbing our spending. So, you know, she's back to talk about building our financial foundation, especially as we sort of like navigate uncertain times. So she's going to, you know, go into her journey again. But if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out and then come back and listen to this one. So, yeah, Shay, you know, go ahead and share your journey with us. Yes. So I have an online financial services business, Finance for the Culture. I bridge the gap between finance and community, specifically marginalized communities to help them shift their money mindsets, save, invest, understand life insurance, and build their financial confidence and independence. And my journey started when I almost got stranded in Minnesota because I was going to visit my cousin and I didn't have enough money to take the bus. And, you know, for the first time, my parents didn't help me. And, you know, obviously I'm here to tell the tale. So I survived that situation, but it really, I thought it was going to be a wake up call to get my finances in order, but it actually wasn't. Um, my brother ended up helping me. And again, just like having that hand-holding didn't help me develop the proper financial tools and habits to be independent. So my real wake-up call was realizing that after 10 years of working different jobs, I had about $200 to my name and I wasn't able to travel and do the things that I really wanted to. And I thought to myself, what would happen if I outlived my parents? Like who, who would take care of me? How would I take care of myself? And luckily, mm -hmm. I stumbled upon a financial advisor who actually really cared about what I wanted to do and the goals I wanted to achieve. And I always tell people, all you need is a plan. Some of us are really like bad at goal setting and we don't have the accountability. But once you have the information, the accountability, and a proper plan, like you can literally go from zero to 100, which is what happened. 
Um, in about five months, I saved $10,000 by deleting Uber Eats, deleting Uber, you know, just I stopped shopping, I stopped spending money on things that I didn't need. And I was able to really save a lot of money that I was spending on those things. And once I did that, it was game over because I gave myself the goal to save $1,500 in a year. So $1,500 in a year, you're thinking like, that's like, how, how could you not save more? But I, I didn't believe in myself. So I gave myself a really small goal. And when I saved $10,000 in five months, I said, there's no way I'm going back. And, you know, I was inspired to get my license and become a financial educator. And it's just been amazing because two years ago, I didn't know anything about finance. And here I am educating people about finance. So that just goes to show you that anybody can learn, anybody can improve their situation if they really, really put their mind to it. Mm. Okay. Um, Honestly, and we're going to get more into like, you know, the fact that like two years ago, you didn't know much about finance, but now here you are educating people and how people can kind of overcome their fears. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've been on the podcast before, so you're no stranger to this segment. You know, it's called, but what do I know? So, you know, mm-hmm. we want to hear a little bit about our guests, but what do I know moments, moments of doubt, moment where they were like, what do I know about, you know, any aspect of life? So the last time you were on here, you talked, you gave us a, but what do I know moment about your, your financial journey to becoming a financial advisor. Yeah. This time we're going to switch it up a little bit because, you know, you're going to be a return guest. So we're just going <laughs> to find a way to make this work. But uh, this time, you know, I want to hear about a, but what do I know moment related to you building your financial foundation? Like, did you mm. ever have moments where you're like, damn, like I'm stuck at the saving stage or I can't get to my saving goal. And like, how did you, you know, overcome those moments? Right. So. I would say the the goal of 1500 um you know when I hit the point of like when I pass that and then I start to see 3000 and 4000 and 5000 I was just like like I don't want to move backward like there was a fear of going backwards because that's always happened to me you know um, I have teaching experience about 10 years and I've taught in the Northwest Territories and I made a lot of money in, you know, less than a year. And I, I came back to Toronto and I spent it all in a summer. And so I knew that I was really good at spending money, but I didn't know how you know, good I was at saving money. So just that doubt of like, okay, I'm saving this money, but like, how, how long can I hold on to this? Right. So there was definitely doubt. Um, but my mindset shifted really quickly and I contribute that to having the right mentor. Like once you surround yourself with the right people, once they instill in you, you know, certain values and habits and patterns, and then you, you apply those to your life, it's a game changer. So constantly being in contact with my mentor and letting her know like, Hey, like I saved this much or I want to do this with it. Or, you know what? Like, I really want to buy this, but I think I should wait. And having her confirm those things really helped me shift my mindset to see myself as someone who could be financially independent. Mm. So I like that you said that. And, um, you know, shameless plug, we also have an episode on mentorship and the importance of that. So season two, episode four, I believe. So if y'all haven't checked it out, go back and listen. 
But I like that you said, you know, when you have a mentor and you're checking in with your mentor and you're applying what they actually tell you, because a lot of people are like, mm. you know, I have a mentor, I have a mentor. It's great. They're helping me get jobs. I network. But are you applying some of the skills? Are you applying, you know, that that yeah. what they're sort of telling you the the, ap the application of it all to actually see that like personal and professional growth, I think is important. So no, like, thank you for sharing that because mentorship is so helpful. Yeah so helpful especially for women of color yeah navigating corporate or entrepreneurship yeah yo you need 1, someone to help percent. you out mm -hmm. yeah and i just want to touch a little bit more on that because one thing i'll say because for me it's not it's not just about money i'm really big on personal development business development outside of finance and one thing that you know my mentor focuses on is being coachable so if you are a mentee with a mentor, you know, of course you vet them out and make sure that they can help you in the areas you need help with. But if they tell you to do something, like you, you gotta do it because if, if you've chosen them as a mentor and you've built that relationship and they're supposed to lead you to a specific place or, or success level or career level, they're telling you to do things because it worked for them or they didn't do them and they should have done them. So being able to be coachable is so important. Like take the constructive feedback and listen to what they're saying. So that's one thing that my mentor has said about me. Like I listen to what she says and I do it. And um, I always tell people information and implementation. It doesn't make sense to get information or learn something and then you don't apply it. You know, if you don't apply the information, it's it's pretty much useless, right? So. That's one thing. I know some, some of us don't like to be told what to do, but in order to get to the next level, you need to listen to people who know more than you. Mm, listen yeah. to people who know more than you. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to be a student. It's okay to not know. It's mm. okay to not know, right? I tell people all Absolutely. the time. The reason why a lot of us are in these financial situations is because we don't know. We didn't yeah. know certain things about credit and debt, and that's okay. But it's not okay to acknowledge that you don't know and do nothing about it. Mm. If you don't know, you got to figure out how to know. Figure out the answer. And now, right. you know, the information is more accessible. You know, you have me. I post daily finance tips. Like, we have to really um, hold ourselves accountable. And when we, when we know better, we got to do better. Right? Amen to that. When we know better, <laughs> we got to do better. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we kind of have just been talking about it, you know, things like mentorship and like changing our mindset, overcoming our fears, all that stuff. But um, in, in like your perspective, what does it mean to actually like set a financial foundation? Like, because I know some people are probably listening like, well, you know, I have a job, I'm making money. Right. Okay, what do you mean financial foundation? So, you know, for those who may not understand, can you just explain like, what does that actually mean? Right. So when it comes to finances, definitely the mindset, you know, a lot of folks in marginalized communities have a negative view on money. And so with a negative view, our likelihood to want to change um, is, is quite low. And so we have to go back to the, base, the, the basics and figure out how we view money, what's our relationship with money. And if it's a negative relationship, we have to unlearn those things. And develop a healthier relationship right um that would be the foundation i always talk about finance like a house 
So you wouldn't build a house starting with the windows or the door or the roof. You want to start with the foundation. And that's definitely how we view money. And um, again, it's okay if you think of money as a negative thing or evil, but you need to acknowledge that and, and figure out why you feel that way and then commit to shifting your mindset to view money as a neutral tool. Because if you don't view it as a neutral tool that you have control over, that you can direct in any direction, your, your likelihood of wanting to really build wealth and, and improve your financial habits and spending is going to be low. So mm. the mindset is key. And I know people have heard it before, right? Mind over matter. The mind is so powerful. Like what you tell yourself is how you will move. And so we really have to see money as a neutral tool that we have, you know, power over so that we can do better things with, with it. Mm, no, I yeah. like how you said, you know, you need to see money as a neutral tool because that actually mm -hmm. literally leads into the next um, sort of question that I sort of have is I think that a lot of us are scared of money. Mm. A lot of us feel helpless when it comes to money. Like we're constantly looking for the next source of money. You know, we're in a time right now where you got to have like two, three, four jobs, investments. Like it's just like a constant source of having to like, you know, like get more, get more. And I think a right. lot of people who may feel helpless are really like afraid. Mm -hmm. So I think you're really right. Like, and I know it's, it takes work and I don't like I don't have the answers. And, you know, <laughs> of course, people come in to talk to people like you, maybe like a financial wellness coach. But mm -hmm. I feel like when I talk to, you know, like younger people and like it's really like getting over the fear of like knowing how to use money. Right. Cause for a lot of us, we didn't really like, like some of us, our parents explained to us and you saw your parents buying houses and stuff. But now like, yo, with the cost of living going up and our yeah. salaries are not keeping up. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you expect me to buy a $1 million home on a 60 right. K salary? Like, you know, there's this constant like angst. So mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like, do you have any thoughts? Do you know how people can sort of like overcome those like financial fears? Yeah, for sure. So um, continuing with the topic of money mindset, um, how we speak is so important as well. You know, over the last few years, I've been paying attention to certain things I've, I'm saying and how I say things and words that I'm using because I'm realizing the power of those as well. Um, of course, it takes money and action to, you know, accomplish certain things like buying a home but it's right. also what are you um attracting into your life right constantly saying i'm broke i'll never have that i'll never get that again mind over matter and also the mind is so powerful so continuously saying those things is going to eventually make you believe it and then the actions or trying to get the actions to overcome that is really hard so Right. You know, money affirmations are super important. And of course, again, we want the action to accompany it, but how you speak and what you're attracting into your life is also a huge part of how you're going to achieve those things. And the second part of that is as long as you don't own your time and the amount of money you make, you do not have control over your life. And so it's not right. just about people pushing entrepreneurship and you know business ownership on people it's that's one of the, the biggest ways to control your time and control your earnings right so for me i always think about like 
it's not about inventing a new concept. It's about doing what's already working. So yes, I'm in the finance industry, but the finance industry is actually one of the highest paying industries, you know, and as an independent broker, independent contractor, I have the ability to build my own business, but never be alone in that process. So that's where the mentorship comes in. That's where the team building comes in. That's where having access to people who are doing this, who are making six figures, who are making millions of dollars and, and, and being strategic about the types of, of jobs we take on and being strategic about the industries we enter as well. You know, yes, I want us to enjoy what we do, but we also have to be strategic about, is this going to get me financially to where I need to be? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a really good part. That's, that's a really good point. And I think that's what a lot of people are having to like find the balance and like, I want to enjoy it. But let's be honest, there's some industries y'all mm-hmm. enjoying, they're not compensating <laughs> you accordingly. Like, yep. So yep. I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, and one more point too, I mm-hmm. like, just as I'm, I'm talking, I'm thinking, I know so many people who they don't want to take the McDonald's job or the whatever job and, and thug it out right now mm-hmm. for the, the bigger picture or the, the better picture. And sometimes you have to do it. My, my dad always says, you, you got to, you know, do what you need to do so you can do what you want to do. I've had friends who had opportunities to work somewhere and make money. And they were like, this is just not what I want to do. I have my mindset on this specific job. And it's just like, you're missing out on a consistent paycheck because you want to work this specific job that might never come. So we also have to be willing to do the dirty work, as people say, if it's going to get us in a better financial situation, right? I always said, if I had to work at McDonald's, I would do it and I would make it the most lit job ever because the end goal is not to be there, but to get me to the next step. Right. So, right, right, right. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And I think sometimes we have our eye on like a particular role, a particular job. And then it's like, yes, it's good. Have a goal, have tunnel vision, but then yeah. you like block out certain other like things that could put you in place for better, like blessings. So yeah. I definitely get that. Um, you mentioned money affirmation, so not to put you on the spot, but do you have a favorite money affirmation? I know you do like your daily tips and your daily affirmation. So I'm wondering if you have one that like really speaks to you that you can share with us. Yes. So I usually say I'm wealthy and healthy. Mm. So I'm, you know, I do consider myself to be already wealthy, but it's important to say things like they're already, um, happening or they already came true, you know, and, um, Another one is I create money opportunities. So I'm not the type of person who waits for people to find me. You know, I pitch myself to organizations all the time and get them or get me on their radar, you know. Um, and then also something that's not money related. I say I will receive all the kindness and love that I've put out into the world. So sometimes mm. we feel like we're like maybe too nice or you know doing things without getting compensated or doing things and you might not get a thank you but if you continue that all the kindness and love you put out into the world you will receive it might not be today it might not be tomorrow but you will receive it maybe in ways that you don't even recognize right so what you put out you get back and it's it's true Okay, so mm-hmm. I am wealthy and I'm healthy. I love that because yes, 
in the midst of chasing and hustling for money, you don't want to forget your health. You got to be mm -hmm. healthy to see your accomplishments. You yes. want to see the fruits of your labor. Yes. Um, so I love that. Okay, I'm healthy and I'm wealthy. I create wealth opportunities or money opportunities. Yep. I love that because I think, you know, yeah. as you were saying that, you know, you pitch yourself even with this platform and like this media brand that I'm building, it's like, yeah. I'm learning now to like, don't be shy. Like, this is an award nominated platform. Like, yes. start, you know, pitching yourself. Like, I'm applying <laughs> for grants. Like, you know what yes. I mean? Like, so I, I really like feel you on that. It's like this next year, yeah. like, mm -mm, this is not a little podcast. This is a media no. platform. So, <laughs> no, 1000%. Right? Like, ask yeah. for what you want. And the thing about it is, mm -hmm. I've said this before my favorite book, Rejection Proof, Gia Jane. Rejection is not a bad thing. Right. Hearing no, we need to get used to hearing no and not have it like pierce our heart. Yeah. It is okay. You're going to hear no. I have people who don't email me back. I mm -hmm. have people who say, not right now. We don't have the budget for it, whatever the case is. When you develop that resilience to be able to handle no, you become so A, fearless and B, powerful. So right. that should be one of your biggest goals, anyone. Yeah. To be able to handle rejection with grace and be like, next, or you know what, I'm going to follow up with you in a month. Game changer as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as someone who works for themselves, game changer. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then the final line you said was, I, I get back the love and kindness that I put in the world, something like that. Yeah. So I will okay. receive all of the love and kindness that I put out into the world. I really yeah. like that. That's a very wholesome like money affirmation. It's not just like <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get six bags. I'm gonna no. get that. It's like very yeah. wholesome, and I really like that. I really appreciate that. That's so great. Yeah. Thanks, girl. Thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah, you. no problem. Because honestly, like money is great, but yeah. at the end of the day, um, what I realized is that like money is everywhere, right? That's one thing I'll say. Yeah. I'll just insert. We've been taught that money doesn't grow on tree. Actually, it does. Mm -hmm. Actually, it does. You know, like people negotiate salaries all the time, negotiate $100,000 more than what they were offered. Like mm -hmm. money is out there. If you market your product properly, people will buy. So we need to shift our mindset to see that we can literally create these opportunities and there is no lack of money. There really right. isn't. There's just lack of financial literacy. And I think yeah. that's a bar. I need to write that down. But yeah. there is no lack of money. <laughs> There's a lack of financial literacy and yeah. education. That's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. And in some in some industries, like a lack of transparency as to where that money yeah. is. Like sometimes you gotta like yeah. hustle to it's find true. out where the where you know where the money is because no one's gonna yeah. tell you. You have to seek it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so you had a really cool Instagram post and, you know, we talked um, off mic and this is sort of like the basis for our conversation. Yeah. And it was about the components of a financial foundation, like questions to ask yourself as, you know, you're creating your financial foundation. So before we get into like each of the components, can you sort of just like list out like as I'm building my financial foundation, what are the components of it? Yes. So other than money mindset, I would say... Um, protection. So life insurance, critical illness, all of those insurance policies that are going to protect your ability to earn income, protect your wealth, protect what you have now, protect your family, um, income protection, all of those things. It's a huge component. I know some of us are afraid to talk about that, but it is a tool that wealthy people use to 
create um, and sustain wealth and funds and riches. So if the wealthy people are doing it, I'm always thinking if the wealthy people are doing it, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta ask why, right? Mm -hmm. The next part is credit debt management. We need to know what our debt is and how to properly make those payments and prioritize it so that we are using debt and debt is not using us. Amen. <laughs> Budgeting, you know, saving emergency fund, organizing our money in a way that makes sense, separating our money in a way so that we can spend it properly. Right. And I would say another component is investing. So mm -hmm. making sure our money is growing at the same rate as inflation or more so that it mm -hmm. maintains its purchasing power. So we're able to afford the cost of living yeah. and so we can make money without working more. Amen yeah. to that. Amen to that. Okay, so we're going to dive into some of these. And it's so funny on my list, you know, I think, and this just goes to show you how like we sort of think as people, like for me, when I was listening to this, I, was, I went from saving to like credit, investing, and then insurance was the last thing. But mm. when I asked you, you started with insurance as like the yeah. ultimate protector. And I was like, hmm, okay. That yeah. right away is like a mindset thing. Because for me, I'm like, insurance is the last thing. But yeah, really, you should be thinking about it as that first sort of like protection. So you know what? We're going to start off with insurance. Yes. Um, you know, can you just share with us some of the, some of the different types um, and how people can sort of like shift their mindset about insurance because i think of course insurance is something that it's <laughs> it's annoying for us to want to like put our money up for something that we feel like we're getting protection over something that when something bad is not happening right right so you know what is the what is the basis of protection that insurance can offer us and how can we actually use this as a financial like foundational tool yes of course so yes, you know, one of my goals is to help people shift their mindset to see insurance as a preventative measure, but also a wealth builder because there are different types and you can use them in different ways. The biggest thing to understand is that it is completely customizable. So there is no one size fits all. There should be, there shouldn't be a one size fits all. It is really based on what you need specifically as a person, right? So just think we get an iPhone or we get a phone and, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't get warranty. Um, we, we hope that we don't need a new phone or we don't break our phone or we don't water damage our phone, which I actually did yesterday, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's another story. But it's, it's for the possibility that mm. we need money to fix our phone, right? Um, same thing with blenders. When you get a blender, they ask if you want warranty and you get warranty, right? And it's like, okay, like what could go wrong with a blender, but you still get the warranty. So it's protection. It's the protection. You put up the money up front so that you don't have to spend money later. And so insurance, and there's different types. So there's term insurance and there's permanent insurance. And it really just depends on what you need it for, right? Mm. So going along with the wealth building portion of insurance, there are permanent policies where you can build cash value or investments inside that you can have access to later on in your life. So you would take a loan against your policy and you would use that money for whatever you choose. 
And um, that's one thing that a lot of people don't know about yeah. insurance is that this is a way that people, people leverage insurance to start businesses, to mm-hmm. pay for school, to do all these things, right? And then on the morbid side of people passing away, which we right. have to get more comfortable about talking, of, you know, about talking about it because we see it all the time, not maybe physically, but online, you know, someone's always dying, an actress, a, a rapper. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. used to it. But we still don't want to talk about it when it comes to our own family, which I find so interesting. But right. essentially, I'm going to ask you right now, or okay, do you think the average person has twenty to $50,000 sitting ready to be used to cover a funeral of a family member? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. They might have it, but to use on that? It's, it wasn't planned for that. They're like, exactly. Um, that was a savings for, for our house yeah, or for bills like, or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people go into debt when a family member dies because yeah. there needs to be money to take care of all of those things, funeral costs, final expenses, debt. If I have debt, if my parents have debt, that doesn't just disappear, right? right? So where are people getting the money to take care of these things? And then mm-hmm. again, going back to wealthy people, when we think about when they pass away and they have these insurance policies in place, that money gets passed down to their children. So we right. think, oh, like that kid got to go to university for free or that kid got a house at 20 years old. Like, where do you think this money is coming from? Right. right? So it's actually like a generational wealth building tool as well. It can be. Literally, it's the mm-hmm. easiest way to build generational wealth. So it's not just protecting what you already have, making sure, you know, right. if you have a spouse, they're able to still continue their lifestyle. It's not just about when you pass away and who's going to get the money. You can use insurance as a personal bank as a personal financial tool to right. build the life that you want. We just have to, again, it goes back to mindset shifting. Mm. Like, I don't know why it's so hard for us to spend money now for long-term comfort, you know? Right. But girl, we want that money now, you know? People want the money now and Good cash things take or time. an investment. Right? Tell <laughs> the people now. Take time. <laughs> and the thing about it yeah. is, you know, one of the biggest mi- misconceptions is that it's expensive. Well, you don't know right. how much it's going to cost if you never get a quote. Right. You know, if you have mm-hmm. a budget, we can work with the budget. The whole purpose of it is not for you to go broke buying insurance. It's for you to be properly protected in a way that makes sense for you. So right. you don't know what it's going to cost if you don't sit down and analyze your situation. So, and again, I was going to say, like, we spend, a m- we, we spend so much money on things Every no, month we you're spend fair. one to two hundred bucks on yeah, no, you're stuff, right. and it's fair. like you can shift that to insurance to maybe have half a million in mm-hmm. thirty to sixty years. Like yeah. you know, so we really have to start thinking again. Why do wealth? Why are the wealthy people doing it? Mm-hmm. Why are the wealthy people doing it? Because I don't know any wealthy pe- person who's doing things that doesn't financially make sense benefit them yeah right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's yeah. start thinking like <laughs> financially stable wealthy yeah. people <laughs> and again that could be an affirmation right i am a financially stable wealthy happy person mm-hmm. there's one affirmation that
So here on the Bawaduano podcast, we spend a lot of time discussing ways to overcome doubt and imposter syndrome, as well as ways to equip ourselves with the tools to navigate various aspects of our life, from our careers, to our finances, to our personal relationships. Now, one big tool that can help us do this is therapy, which y'all know we've talked about several times with several guests on this podcast. So if you're working through the complexities of any but what do I know moments in your life or if any of our mental health episodes really resonated with you and you want to dig deeper into that or if you feel like you just want to talk to a licensed professional on any other matter, then our episode sponsor BetterHelp might just be what you need. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you work through your specific matter. In addition, you can talk to your therapist in a private and secure environment online, as well as at your own convenience. BetterHelp has over 20,000 therapists with a broad range of expertise within their network, which means that you have access to help that you may not be able to find locally. So to begin, you fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then in as little as 48 hours, you'll be matched with a therapist. After this, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, and everything you share with your therapist is completely confidential. You can even request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if you feel you need to make that change. So go ahead and join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. To do this, you can get 10% off your first month by using the link betterhelp.com backslash B-W-D-I-K. That's betterhelp.com slash B-W-D-I-K. Right. Okay. So that was insurance. Um, and you know, when it comes to life insurance, you said, uh, there's permanent, there's term talked about it being a business, like a sort of generational wealth development tool. We talked Mm -hmm. about the fact that you can take loans out of it. Okay. That's really, that's really interesting. Cause yeah, that taking out the loan on it, there's so many things that you can take loans out of, like even your retirement savings fund, like we're going to get to right. that as, in, as investment, but there's so many things that you can pull money from to save yourself that like, it's not really told to you. It's, you don't, you yeah. have to really seek it out. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we're going to go to saving, budgeting, sort yes. of just like organizing our money. Right. So now we got, we got protection with insurance. Now, you know, let's say, you know, we have a job, we're getting some sort of stable income coming in. Um, what are yeah. some saving and budgeting tips? Um, I know people, I'm not sure if this is like outdated, but I've heard of the 50, 30, 20 rule. So, you know, you, you save 20%, mm-hmm. you spend 50%, I think on your needs, 30% on your wants, some stuff like that. So yeah. yeah if you have any like tips. Yeah. So I'm not the biggest fan of that ratio. Um, okay, great. So Thanks. it's 50%. <laughs> I think, what is it? 50% on your expenses i think yes exactly saving 20 or 20 30 percent on wants 20 percent on me or savings which doesn't make any sense but girl it doesn't because i'm telling you we should be saving more than 20 percent, and i definitely be doing that so Mm -hmm. and it depends like it's (laughs) so again like financial planning should be customized so Mm -hmm. i go through a budgeting sheet with my clients and i figure out 
what's coming in as income on a monthly basis, what's going out as expenses on a monthly basis, and what does your disposable income look like? How much can you actually afford to save? That should be the basis for how much you save, you know, it shouldn't be ratios. And I've had clients ask, you know, when when they provide feedback, they're like, Oh, I want you to talk about the ratio thing. And I'm like, it's not (laughs) customized, though. It's very one size fits all. And some people really need to be saving more than they're spending like most people do but some people if they have the cash flow they can kind of be a little more lenient and whatever but for the most part you should be trying to save slash invest as much you know money as you can so i'm not the biggest fan of that ratio but if you want to use it you know go ahead but everything should be customized so everybody's solution should look different because everybody's Mm -hmm. situation is different right absolutely no i i agree with you because even now that i'm thinking about it like why would you be saving 20 and spending 50 and i mean i guess again like it depends on your like what those expenses are if they're your bills if they're you know if if rent for example is a big chunk of your income on a month-to-month basis then maybe you're only able to save like 30 or whatever but i agree i think it should be customizable yeah absolutely um what about budgeting? So I know like a lot of our personal finance apps help us create budgets. They help us create like savings goals. Yeah. Um, are there like any tips that you have, you know, for budgeting? Yeah. So knowing your numbers is the first step. You really need to know what's coming in, what's going out and how much you can allocate to each um, section, depending on how much money you can save at the end of every month. When it comes to saving or things that will help you save there's tons of apps that you know take money from your bank account and store it in the app so it's like out of sight out of mind mocha m-o-k-a is is a good one Um, i actually just started using that one of my mentors mentioned it and i'm like you know what i like that idea of you know i don't really pay attention to it but i know five dollars or whatever the case is is coming out it that's rounds up your purchases as well. So that's an easy way to save because you're going to be spending anyway. Uh, what else? I heard Mint is a good one. I've heard of Mint you know? as well. Yep. And then I'm a big advocate for separating your money. So having two bank accounts, one for you know money coming in and then one for strictly savings and emergency fund is another out of sight, out of mind way to separate your money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can create automatic withdrawals to transfer the money, et cetera, et cetera. But really what we want to do is we want to make the concept of saving as easy as possible. So whatever tools or resources or accountability you need to get it done, do it. Sometimes we can't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Clearly I wasn't able to do it my, myself for like 28 years, you know, or, you know, 20 odd years. And sometimes we need help. So you know, one thing I'll say is, especially when you're first starting out, like, don't think you have to have it all together. Like, don't think that you're just going to save a thousand dollars if you've never saved a penny in your life. And it's okay if you don't. That's so But the, the whole point is, if you never try and going back to the affirmations and the positive self-talk, I can't save money. I suck at saving money. Well, you're going to suck at saving money. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. it. Right. So you know, put the tools in place, get someone who could be an accountability partner and start speaking like you want to save money. Move like in a way that you you want to be. If you want to be wealthy, start moving like wealthy people. Wealthy people are very, you know, they consider their purchases. They actually hate spending money, most of them. 
So you really want to start moving like the person you want to be. Mm. No, I yeah. hear that. I like now, that. Now, don't, don't take that out of context now and think, I want to be rich, so I'm going to spend money like I have money to spend. Oh, That's yeah, not please. what I mean. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like the habits that, you know, most wealthy rich people have, financially responsible, responsible wealthy people, you know, they're, they're, they consider their purchases before they buy them, you know? They think about their needs before they, their wants. That's that's what I mean. Mm, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got insurance and protection. We got our, yes. you know, spending, budget, and habits. Tips for that to get those under control. Let's get into credit and debt. <laughs> <laughs> this is my because favorite this thing is to the talk one about. that we get in y'all like. Credit, debt, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode when you were on, but um, so debt and credit, what are some tips to help us keep our debt to income ratio, like, or, you know, if, if that's not a necessary ratio to even look at, like, how do we keep our debt under control? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we sort of use credit, use debt to our advantage? Because some people, like, when I'm talking to my dad, he is so good at like, he's like, I can take out this loan and use that to refinance the house and take that and do projects and repay it back. And I'm like, yeah, whoa, slow down. Cause for me, I'm yeah. scared of being in debt. Like I hate owing people and I hate being in debt. So when yeah. I hear how people are able to like take debt and pay this off and then flip it around, I'm like, okay, well teach me how you did that. Like, you yeah. know, so, so yeah. What are yeah. some tips to kind of like keep it under control and then to use it as like a business tool? Yeah. So the first thing is understanding how credit works. So understanding how it works, understanding what interest rates are, and then also shifting our mindset again to seeing debt as not a bad thing. Remember, we have control over how we spend money. So if that's true, then how we utilize debt is dependent on us. We can use it in a bad way. We can use it in a good way, right? We can overspend, we can max out our credit cards, or we can use it to buy an asset that's going to make us money. Mm-hmm. So debt is not a bad thing. Our financial habits are what makes debt harmful or you know harmful to our financial situation. So the first thing is avoiding your debt is not the way to go. It's only going to get Amen. worse <laughs> when it comes to interest rates, right? We know how high the interest rates are for credit card debt, which just means that it's going to take um, less time for our money to double, less time for our debt to double with a higher interest rate. The higher the interest rate, the quickly the money um, accumulates. So if we keep ignoring this debt and we have a high interest rate for a credit card of like 24%, your debt is going to grow fast. So we need to acknowledge most people have debt. It's not the end of the world. We need to acknowledge what it is and we need to start prioritizing the correct payment. So if you don't know how to do that, I'm available. I help people with debt management. I've helped clients so far pay off over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And you know, that's analyzing the situation, creating a plan, prioritizing certain payments, moving things around, you know, considering consolidation, considering moving things to a different line of credit. Like there are, there's 
there's about eight different solutions on how to tackle debt. So mm. if you're sitting here ignoring your debt and there's eight solutions, maybe even more on how to tackle your debt, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem, right? And most of the time, like I'm sitting down with people and they're like, ah, oh, like my situation's so bad. And, and everyone's, you know, opinion is valid, but I'll look at the situation. I'm like, oh, you just have to do this and this. And they're like, oh, I can do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, actually based on your savings and stuff, you can actually get rid of this debt right now. And they're like, oh, I was told that I shouldn't pay it off. Listen, let's get into that, that concept right there. Yes. Can you actually please get into that? This whole thing yes. of, you know, don't pay your debt all at once and it affecting your credit score. Yeah, let's get into that. So <laughs> again, <laughs> big pause. So again, it really depends on the specific situation, but if you are making minimum payments on a debt, right? Mm -hmm. And we always say you got to make more than the minimum to, to pay off the debt faster. If you're making minimum payments on this debt. You're going to be paying off this debt forever. So if you have multiple debts, high interest rates, and you're doing the minimum payment and you're just making those monthly payments, that is not a positive not thing for your credit right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to get rid of, yes, I get it. There are certain things where you do maybe want to pay monthly, like maybe your car notes or right. a credit card where the balance isn't too big and the interest rate isn't too big. But if you're drowning in debt, we need to get as much of that debt off as soon as possible. So, right. and my whole thing is like, if you have the money to pay it off, pay it off. You want to know why? Because guess what? You're going to spend that money on something that you don't need. Yeah, that's so, true. Again, it is very case by case, mm -hmm. but you don't want to pay the minimum on all of your debts because it's going to take forever. Like some of the, those debts you want to get rid of because that just means you have less debt, right? If you're not using, if you didn't use the debt to buy something productive or something that's going to make you money all it is is taking money from you like get yeah. rid of it Facts. right so and and the thing about it is is like improving your credit score is not that difficult right like typically i'm, I'm gonna not talk about student loans because mm -hmm. it's so tricky like yeah <laughs> still really not 100 percent sure about what's going on with student loans because Bear, i yeah, feel like so different people like it it they operate differently for different people like some mm -hmm. clients it's on the report some clients it's not okay fair. i'm like okay i know for me i had a random um amount pop up and i was like okay well i don't know if, it, if this is real or not so i waited for them to take it out of my tax return they did so everything was cool my score went up 100 points couple of days later, down a hundred points. Oh, okay. So, but for the most part, from what I know, when you pay things off, your score will go up a bit for the mm -hmm. most part. Again, it's very case by case, but from what I've seen, when people pay off debt, their score increases. So right. again, that don't pay it off in one shot. Yeah. I'm a fan of paying things off in one shot. 
Yeah, me too. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if you got the money, just mm -hmm. pay it off, pay it off. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was credit and debt management. Um, we're paying things off when we can. Yeah. <laughs> we got mm -hmm. our saving and budgeting tips for that. You know, we're saving, we're using apps like Mocha, Mint to help us. We know yeah. about insurance. We're not scared to buy insurance. It's a safety <laughs> tool for us. Yeah. Um, and then now let's get, you know, into the final one, investment. So, you know, I feel like investments has become like real hot and like sexy. Like, oh, I'm investing. I'm, <laughs> I, everyone has an app now. Oh, what's that app? I have it. Well, simple. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can easily invest in stocks. You can easily invest in crypto, so on. Um, but when do you know that you're actually ready to invest? Because I feel mm. like some people may be feeling the pressure when they're not actually ready. Right. Like, you cannot, please tell us, but I feel like if you have like a lot of debt and you're still trying to like navigate certain things with your savings and stuff, I feel like yeah. investing may not be or shouldn't be your top priority, but yeah, you let us know. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to, it's going to come down to the mindset again. Right. You know, when it comes to investing, there is the chance that you could lose money. And if of you course, are not yeah. ready for that, then I don't think you should be investing excessively, especially in things that, you know, you just see people on social media investing in, like there mm -hmm. are investments for the people who are a little bit timid and, you know, yeah, but in general, <laughs> <laughs> but in general, you know, yes, you can invest while having debt, but again, mm -hmm. you have to look at your whole situation. You have to see what your numbers are looking like. Do you have disposable income at the end of every month? If right. so, do you have enough money to save for emergency fund or, you know, maybe put more money towards debt? start putting stuff, you know, towards investing, it, it really, really depends. And yeah, if you have a lot of debt and you're already not able to pay that off in, you know, in a, in a smart way, mm -hmm. investing might not be your biggest priority, right? If you don't have yeah. the cash flow, right. what you want to do is you want to invest with money that you don't need. Mm -hmm. So, and, and yes, also too, the best way to invest is to contribute monthly because, you know, compounding interest, you do earn, earn more, you know, earn money on top of money and you get into the habit of contributing to something monthly, which I think is the best way. Mm -hmm. So it's almost considered like a bill. So like if you, your spending is not great, you know, your habits are a little shaky, shaky warrior, you know? <laughs> you might mentally not be ready to do that but it's not to say that you will never be ready we, you just got to prioritize um where you're at like what is what do you need to do the most right now mm. can you simultaneously do this and this right what is your biggest goal and how do we get there right we really got to focus on our own pockets and and invest in things that make sense for us and not feel the pressure because everybody else is doing it. Yes. Because investing, everyone's invested in crypto. Yeah. Like everybody needs to invest because investing means your money is growing without you having to work and put in labor. But we want to do it in a smart way. We don't want you to lose money mm -hmm. just to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So, and, and, and I know some people will ask like, oh, should I take out money from my line of credit or whatever to invest? You have to pay it back. Mm -hmm. Credit card, you have to pay it back. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if that's a little shaky. Someone asked me that before. I'm like, if you feel like you are going to get enough returns to pay it back and and get a profit, then do you. But I feel like that defeats the purpose because essentially yeah. you want your money to grow for as long as possible. So you don't yeah. want to have to take it out. So right. I personally wouldn't suggest that, but people can do what they will, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, that was the last one. You know, we have several components of building our financial foundation that Shay and I just sort of like broke down, um, you know, from insurance to our saving and budgeting to our credit and debt management to our investing, investing types, knowing when we're ready to invest. So, you know, hopefully these tips and, the, you know, the way that we sort of just broke it down helps you all you know the listeners if you have any questions feel free to reach out to shay after you yeah. know this episode's out her you know info will be in the description of this episode but um thank you so much shay for breaking that down um you know this portion of the conversation is done but if you have anything you want to add please you have the floor to do so if there's any final like tip for a financial foundation you want to add go ahead yeah, I would say, again, you'll see this message very consistent throughout my page and, and you know, when I speak. It's so important to focus on you. You know, personal finance is personal. You don't need to compare yourself to anybody else. We are all individuals. We have our own situations. Yes, you might find someone who's going through a similar situation, but Go at your own pace and focus on your journey. We get into even worse financial situations when we are trying to do what other people are doing without the right intentions or the right plan or the right goal, right? So just because you have not saved $10,000 in five months, it does not mean that you won't. And it does not mean that you can't. And it doesn't mean that you're not great at saving or that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean anything. It just means you have not saved $10,000 in five months. That's fine. Right. And also to, it's also fine if you try to do something and you don't get it right the first time we are too afraid to fail. You, you'll never know if you can do something if you don't try. So mm. you're constantly putting things off. It, it's not conducive to your growth. You know, you want to try if you try to improve your finances and it's not working out, that is when you need to ask for help because essentially people like me, advisors, educators, we have already gone through the dirt and we are telling you what to do in the most simplest way. And I promise you, if you just listen to us, you will progress with your finances. So for watch sure. your own pockets. Don't compare your journey to anybody else mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to try. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, all right, Shay. Well, you know, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Yes. You've been on here before, so you know all about this next segment. Um, you know, this is the What Do I Know podcast. We want to get to know, you know, the lighthearted, fun side of our guests. So <laughs> I'm going to ask you four questions and, you know, without thinking too hard, just give me an answer that comes to mind. 
So the first question for you. All right. So what drink are you currently enjoying, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Water, because hydration is key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We definitely need to stay hydrated. (laughs) Okay. Water. That's always a go-to. I love it. Um, What is your favorite item that you have bought this year? Being that you're a financial advisor, what what was a good purchase you made this year? Um, a flight to DR. Mm, My first time yes. out of the continent. Oh, so it was really? big. Yeah. Wow. My okay, first time congrats. on an island, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I like DR. I like DR. And your stories, you look like you had a good time. So <laughs> it was, I made the most out of it. Yeah. And and now I'm really focused on buying experiences versus yeah. buying um, tangible material items. So for sure, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um. So if you had to delete all except for three apps on your phone, <laughs> what apps would you keep? <laughs> Ooh, apps. Yeah. Okay. So Google Calendar because. Yeah, you got to stay organized. <laughs> it is what it is. It's my life um let's see hmm that's a hard one i would say whatsapp mm, okay. because business communications but also all my mentorship groups are on there so definitely want to you know keep that up and one more okay it, it have to be the music app yeah yeah definitely uh um, i yeah, can go a little bit of time without music but music like when you're it working out going. when you're running an errand yeah yeah okay all right so yeah. google calendar whatsapp and music app love it that's yeah. a good answer okay um <laughs> and uh final question <laughs> what is the craziest or out of the box fashion trend that you've ever rocked what was something that looking back, you're like, damn, why did I do that? But it was late at the time. <laughs> um, wow, that's a good question. Hmm. I just developed some style <laughs> a couple of years ago. So the, you said the most like weirdest. Out of the or, box? Oh, kind of like, box. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't in trend at the time. Maybe looking back now, you're like, wow, okay, that was that was different. Okay, so colored jeans. Oh, honestly, yeah. I had yo know, pink, blue. <laughs> I thought I was doing something and you know I what it was? don't have them anymore. It was the new boys, you're a jerk era. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Everybody was rocking the colored skinny jeans. No. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm just trying to think because I I wasn't really yeah that like person like out of the yeah, box yeah for sure no that's out I, of the box enough girl yeah no my no I, that's fair look, because now like we wouldn't even dare put back those colored pants on yeah yeah like maybe those fashion people like I have a friend a really close friend and like she wears the uh, like it looks amazing and I'm just like I would never wear that right. together but yeah but it looks so she good got the streetwear yeah. thing down and i'm like do yeah. you you know i just added some color to my wardrobe yes right. you're welcome friends so um yeah i'm very i'm a chill dresser you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right okay well um those are all the questions i have for you shay 
again like thank you so much for being back on the podcast i can't wait for you know for people to hear this conversation um and you know like to connect with us to reach out to you if they have any questions and to just kind of keep like building community around this platform and around like yes. financial conversations like this so thank you so much uh before i let you go you know as usual just drop your socials let people know where they can find you and connect with you yes so finance for the culture on instagram i just changed my twitter shame money moves i think that's what it is um a little more spicy on the twitter but still talking about finance my mission is to make financial literacy as accessible and digestible as possible especially for marginalized communities i offer complimentary financial consultations to help you organize your money and shift your mindset so please tap in I am also looking for people to join me as financial educators if you want to get licensed as an advisor and start your own business. As I mentioned at the beginning, if you don't control your time and your income, you do not control your life. So anyone interested, please tap in. And yeah, it's a pleasure as always to speak with you. And I hope you all caught some gems. Yes, of course. All right. Thank you again for being on the podcast. right so that brings us to the end of this episode thank you all for listening and for you know getting into my conversation with shay on building and sustaining our financial foundation if you have any other questions after listening to this episode feel free to reach out to myself at bwdik podcast on our podcast page or you can also reach out to shay directly to get your questions answered at finance for the culture on instagram as well as always keep the conversation going on our twitter our instagram social pages at bwdik podcast send us some feedback let us know what you think of the episode and if you have any suggestions for future topics would love to love to hear it um you know as always mind your business drink your water stay warm the weather's starting to get chilly here in ontario and i will talk to you all real soon bye for now